Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. We continue to freak out about realignment. We got the swim publications jumping in. We got the former president of ESPN chiming in. We got the former chancellor of North Carolina chiming in. It's getting fun. Nicole Auerbach, welcome. I am thrilled to be here, especially on a day that swim media gets its due. Maybe yes. too much. Maybe too much of its due. Maybe too much. Yes, you co- you have covered swimming at the Olympics. So you were very much aware of swim swam before Thursday. Yes. Did you know they were going to be breaking realignment scoops with perhaps the greatest lead in the history of realignment stories? Can you, SEC can you, swimming is going to be absolutely stacked. You know, you never bury the lead. And and I think that is the that would be the main takeaway of what they quote reported. Um yeah, so I knew what swim swam was. And it's funny because our colleague, Matt Fortuna, texted me and he's like, everyone's talking about this. Like, I should know what Swim Swim is. And I was like, listen, Swim Media does. I think people became very quickly attuned to what it was. Um, but I, I'm, I'm only out here for I would like the gym internet, gymnastics internet sites to be breaking realignment <laughs> news and maybe lacrosse. And then we should add this to our realignment bingo, because I swear I did not have Swim Swim on there. Well, exactly. That's the thing. We. The, the the solid verbal has a great realignment bingo card. This wasn't there. It has basically everything. Did not have scoop from random <laughs> publication that does not cover the sport you think it's covering. But I mean, here's the thing. So what they were, we, we should yeah. fill everybody in. Yeah. Swim Swam reported on Thursday that the SEC was in talks to expand and they were going to add. Let's make sure. I, I think I got this right. North Carolina, Virginia. Clemson and Florida State. And in negotiations was the in term negotiations. that was used. Yes. And, the and ESPN was going to void was, the ACC contract. And in the article, Kentucky had blocked Louisville ah. as one of the candidates. And Miami was also blocked by somebody. Probably Florida. Probably. But those were they were blocked for recruiting reasons. Mm. But Florida State wasn't blocked by Florida for recruiting reasons. No. Or, or Auburn or Georgia or Alabama, who also frequently recruit against Florida State. Yes. Okay. Just checking. It, very, very interesting. No, I, I, I just love that they led with SEC swimming is going to be absolutely. And, and I read it because it's one of those things. Everybody wants to wants something to happen. When, when this stuff is going on. And we can't predict when it will happen. Like, Notre Dame may make a decision at some point. I don't know if that's going to be tomorrow or if that's going to be two years from now. No idea. But we're going to want something to happen. And so whenever somebody throws something like this out there, it is not dismissed as quickly as it normally would be. 
Yes, I think that is is an accurate way to put this. There were a lot of reputable people in local markets, radio people, a lot of people check marks passing along this information. And a lot of people being like, well, if this is true. And, you know, our, our friend Matt Brown from Extra Points always puts it this way. The regular people are probably going to break big news in your sport, even when it's realignment, or at least wait until the regular people who confirm things and break things also hear the same thing. Um, so yeah, it was it was a bizarre place for it to come from. Swim Swim is like diehard swim but re- audience reputable. website. Very re- yeah. So I've covered a lot of events with them in the mix zone. Like they are doing, they're posting a lot of post meet interviews. They cover, they do heat sheets, like the preliminaries, you know, who's favored to win things. They did a ton of recaps of different meets like nationals and, and smaller meets and the pro circuit. They go to Olympic trials. Like they do a lot of coverage of swimming. Um, but again, like the, even though we're waiting and we're desperate for information, you still are going to get the best information from people who typically break the news because they're the ones talking to the the decision makers or one one step removed from them. And as we know, with all of this stuff, a lot of times coaches are the last to know. And yeah. that's where I think a lot of the rumors and stuff that doesn't end up happening comes from. It's just scuttlebutt among coaches of different sports. Well, I, I got to say, so somebody texted this thing to me right when it came out. And my first thought was, I am going to laugh my butt off if some swim coach at some school leaked this. Yes. And these guys got the scoop of the century. Now, nothing I've heard suggests this is this is true. They they did. The way they picked the schools sounds good. Like, for instance, people in the SEC have told me they love North Carolina. They also love Virginia when you would expect them to love Virginia Tech. They like flagships. So that made sense. Clemson makes sense because it's Clemson. it just draws a bunch of eyeballs. Florida State, same thing. So it made sense, but it was, it was crazy. Now, I want Inside Lacrosse to report yes. this next. Right, right next to Have you ever seen Inside Lacrosse's all-name team? Yes, I have. It's got like Holden Wapplethorpe third attack from Johns Hopkins. I've, I've also just got to say, like, again, inside journalism stuff. If you go to Swim Swam's website right now, it is not the lead story. Well, Fina did something today. No, it's about Romania on a middle <laughs> winning streak in front of the home crowds at the Euros. Junior championships. Wow. That's what I'm seeing as the top story here. Wow. So so they're they're covering things from Clemson to Bucharest. Absolutely. They absolutely <laughs> are. But, you know, I, I do think... To your point, and this is we we like to poke a lot of fun at some of this stuff, but it is a wild time. Like after something major happens, I mean, I'm thinking back again. It wasn't that long ago; it was like 11 months ago. But that week after Oklahoma and Texas were going to the SEC, there was all sorts of crazy stuff happening. There was oh, yeah. a there was like a radio reporter saying Clemson and Florida State were already signed a deal yep. to go to the SEC. I mean, like this this always happens. And we're also in that in that we're like oscillating between people in the industry being like, is the Big 12 going to take the Pac-12 schools and the Pac-12 is going to essentially go away? Yeah. Or are they going to merge and, and have some sort of partnership with the ACC? Like there, there's legitimate question marks and a lot of speculation informed speculation. And then there's yeah, uninformed the, the, speculation. The, the thing is the people who know stuff who, who we talk to don't actually know anything right no. now because nothing, nothing concrete has happened. Like 
If I had to guess what the next concrete thing will be, I would say it's Notre Dame making a decision to either do something or wait. Yes. And say, you know, we would like to put this decision off until a time in the future. But that's probably it. I don't know. Well, something with the Pac-12 schools. I was going to say, I was going to say, there could be some movement on the Pac-12 side. So there could be something comes to fruition with this partnership with the ACC. Like I need, I need you to explain this to me like I'm a two year old. I have a lot of questions about it as well. Okay. To me, I'm glad it I'm sounds, not the only one. Okay. To me, it sounds like the alliance all over again, but two thirds of it. Um, the two thirds, the two two leagues that didn't, one of them didn't just take the other uh, flagship schools from. So, I, I, I I'll set it up and then I'll explain where where my questions are. But I think the idea is that there would be some sort of like TV partnership. Um, Pac-12 and the ACC, it would involve some scheduling. It would involve viewership and kind of like, you know, reaching more audiences on both coasts. I I think the Pac-12 is exploring opportunities that would keep itself together. So it is looking at this was part of the reason that they open media negotiations up. I think then yeah, you get to see what your value is. We still have Oregon and Washington. You still have these schools and you want to present all your options to your members that might, you know, be, be exploring other options, but also then you can lock people in. Yeah. You can tether people to each other. And that that's part of why we've had these conversations about the ACC all week. ACC has this grant of rights that's tied to its media deal. That's why it goes to 2036. So like I get it from the Pac-12 standpoint, exploring options that would allow that would basically force the Pac-12 schools to recommit to each other contractually. ACC, I'm not sure what the benefit is. So here are my questions, Andy. Okay. If you do something like this, maybe you're saying, maybe you're looking at this because maybe you're thinking, okay, maybe we can renegotiate our media deal because it's you know it's a different. There's there's more value. There's more game, right. different you know crossover games and interesting stuff. My my question is, A, is that enough that it would actually mm-hmm. do that, that it would trigger that? And B, if you do that, doesn't that create a problem with the grant of rights? Because then can't Clemson and Florida State and all these other schools possibly figure out a way out? I, I don't even know if you've got to figure out a way. Like, I, I had a lawyer translate that grant of rights for me because I couldn't understand much of it. Here's what I did understand. Every word of that thing is tied to the TV deal. Right. So why if would you the TV touch deal doesn't TV exist... Deal. I would. I, I don't think you'd have to hire anybody above like a Lionel Hutz quality attorney to say that the grant of rights is no longer enforceable if you've ripped up the TV contract. So that's my question on that front. But but okay. So so here in terms of next steps, I think you got to see wh- what is this. Like let's 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 crunch the numbers. Let's actually like it's well, it's a concept now. So but- there is there is some actual money involved in in what. I think they're trying to do here. And, and what it sounds like they're trying to do is basically put the Pac-12 tier three events on the ACC network. Because when you think ACC network, you think Spurtle and Pac-12 football. It's exactly what you think. And well, they, and they canceled Packer and Durham. So I'm, I'm very disappointed in all this. But so that would give them a, a thing that is distributed. Like ACC network is on YouTube TV. It's on a bunch of the other uh streaming bundles so it would give access to those events to a lot of people the pac-12 network is not on those so there's that 
There's also the possibility of getting real money out of this, one, because you have more people going to the streaming bundles, or two, because cable operators on the West Coast decide to add this channel and potentially at a little bit higher price than they would have added it before because some of their local teams are involved. So whatever the cable, the, the you know dominant cable system is in Seattle and Portland and the Bay Area, I guess LA, although the LA schools are gone, but Phoenix, so Salt Lake City, Denver. So you have some fairly decent sized cities where, and, and this is, because I'm the one who keeps telling everybody it's not about markets anymore, it's about brands, but there's, it's still some, somewhat about markets because there is actual money involved. Like if you can go from making 10 cents a subscriber and no one subscribes to this thing to making 90 cents a subscriber and several million people subscribe to it, that's actual money. So here, here's another wrinkle to this, because I know, you know, you you love talking about the, the TV implications of this. Fox is a partner with the Big Ten. Fox has a, a role in what just happened with USC and UCLA. So when you're opening negotiations as the Pac-12, you know, I don't know if you're really thinking Fox is going to be a big player, right? They just I took think, I think your you're thinking they're program. out. You think and- they're out. So then who owns ACC Network? Who ESPN. has all of these relationships? ESPN. ESPN. So I think that that is an important layer to this about like the dynamics here of just if if you you saw what just happened with Fox, not going to be a factor in your negotiations, talking to a league that has exclusive rights with ESPN has a network through ESPN. Well, and, and ESPN has a very nice cost contained asset in the ACC. They are they are sure of what the ACC will cost until 2036. It is a great deal for ESPN. Yes. Like that's what the people, and this is where the swim swam story lost me. ESPN would never try to help Clemson and North Carolina and Virginia and Florida State to the SEC because who has all the SEC's rights starting in 2024? ESPN. But for how much more? So you essentially double the price for each of those schools. So you're now paying for four ACC schools what you were paying for eight ACC schools if you put them in the SEC. It, it, it makes it makes no sense because they have yeah. a great deal. They have they're going to have exclusive relationships with both of these leagues. You're not going to screw over one of your leagues to help the other one when you've got a great deal in place. And like all of the conversations I've had with folks around the ACC or around college sports about this grant of rights, it's like maybe there are ways to get out of it. Like maybe you, maybe there's like an astronomical sum that you pay that's still worth it. Right. Because you're still going to make a hundred million dollars. Oh, I, a I year. think if this, and this is the, I think this is the ACC's problem right now. The, the part of the grant of rights that, that helps the league stay together is that the league owns the rights and no one will take you if you don't have your rights. But if they were too willing to let you buy back your rights, someone at will the yeah. cash cost. Mm-hmm. If you go to the Big Ten of the SEC, you're still making more money. Well, you'll make it back very quickly, whatever that fee is, whatever astronomical fee that is. So, so there's a couple ways. So that, and then you know, do you have some schools that want to leave? Do they try to like sue? And do you do you see legally what this grant of rights is and what it holds up? But there's no scenario there where ESPN voluntarily voids a contract that is no. very ESPN friendly. And in order to make it more expensive for them and their other for property, ESPN, right? For ESPN and would, again, undercut the ACC, which you own exclusively. 
<laughs> exactly. Nobody wants the ACC to stay together at the current price point more than ESPN. Yes. That's <laughs> that that that's the part you got to understand. I know everybody wants to think ESPN and Fox are these evil string pullers. And and there probably has been string pulling that has happened. But they're also running businesses and they're not going to voluntarily double their costs for a certain asset if they can get away with it. It's just they have both of those leagues. Like that's the part. It doesn't make sense. And again, it it sort of reminds me, and I I don't think you can say it enough, and I know you've said it, but when you're talking about adding schools at this juncture and in general, they need to bring enough value that when you slice up the pie again, you're not taking the current members and giving them less money. Like you're not, you don't want them to have a pay cut. So all of this stuff is still like finance has to make sense financially. You can't just say, well, they're going to do that because it's better games or, you know, well, you can just add four schools. Like you have to divide things up more by the more mouths you have to feed. So just, again, all of these things that are basic, we kind of lose sight of because CFB Twitter goes nuts over any potential scenario or people want to draw out their own realignment scenarios and email them to us, which again, very entertaining. Like I read them, but that's different than again, just being like, why would ESPN voluntarily give up a contract that is really friendly to ESPN? We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. Well, I'm glad you mentioned all the realignment scenarios that we get emailed and, and, sent on Twitter because we listened today to someone who sounded like all of those people, except the difference is he used to be able to create these scenarios or or at least take a, a big role in them. Uh, John Skipper, the former president of ESPN, he was on the Dan Levitard show with, with Stu Gatz and explained a lot of this and explained what his thinking would be if he were running some of this stuff. I would be calling around to see if there's going to be four super conferences, which I think there will be, of 16 or so teams. How about we uh, we create four super conferences and do our own basketball tournament? Um, look, there, there's no bounds to the to the avarice of these schools and their intent to compete. And uh, somebody someday is going to look at that. I don't know. You're getting somewhere north of 800 somewhere between 800 million and a billion dollars that get paid that paid out every year to the participants in the uh, NCAA tournament conference uh, if I was the ACC I'd be thinking hard about how I could keep more of that money by creating a big conference only basketball tournament uh, that kept all that money I'd also think that if you created four 16 team conferences, you have 32 bowls, and every team in one of those conferences would go to a bowl. And you might even use those bowls to play the first round of a very um, expansive college football playoff uh, system. So there are plenty of ways to get more money in addition to trying to figure out what can be done with Amazon uh, and Apple. That is former ESPN president John Skipper on the Dan Levitard Show with Stu Gatz. John Skipper likes participation trophies. Man, he wants everybody getting a trophy. <laughs> that is, but he's not wrong about the the basketball tournament thing. I've always said if the if the power conferences really wanted to squeeze everybody down the line and get what they wanted, they just threatened to take the the NCAA tournament and go home because 
you, you can say you can't have the NCAA tournament without Cinderella, but that's not true. You really can't have it without Kentucky and North Carolina. So it, it's better if you have both, if you have Kentucky, North Carolina, and Cinderella. But the football part of it, he sounds like all the people who sent tweets at us going, you know what they should do? Four super conferences of 16 teams. Well, here's the problem, though. You now have two conferences that have 16 teams or will have 16 teams. Their quality is significantly different than any other two 16-team leagues you could make with what's left. I was shocked that that was something that was said today. I mean, if you want to say that when Texas and Oklahoma are still in the Big 12 and USC and UCLA are still in the Pac-12, we can have that conversation. But we're not in a scenario where there's four equal players. And we're also not in a scenario where people think the SEC and the Big Ten are going to stop at 16. So I like that just that that part was felt a little outdated. That that thinking presumes that Alabama or Ohio State cares what happens to Iowa State. And I don't think they do. I don't think when was the last time you think people made decisions in general based on the the betterment of the whole, like all of college sports as a whole, people saying like this is for the greater good. Ooh, I been don't a know. while. It's been a yeah. while. Yeah. I mean, so they try and after the the Supreme Court case in 84, they tried to sell the rights as one as the CFA, but they couldn't get everybody on board. You know, if they'd have done that, they'd have been probably a lot closer to what they they are headed toward now. I think if the the Big 10 had been involved in that and and some other and, and other leagues and, and it hadn't broken up because I believe it Notre Dame leaving and, and the SEC leaving broke it up. I think they would have been closer now to what because what they're what they're going toward now is something that looks more like the NFL. And you can say, well, there's already an NFL. Why would I want to watch another NFL? But all I would say is look at the ratings for the NFL. People seem to like it a lot. People also seem to like college football, no matter what's happened with realignment over the last decade. Right. Right. Like it hasn't it hasn't fully like we can talk about, you know, the 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 stuff that we love about college sports and about the rivalries that are for like an ugly looking brown jug. Right. And all these yeah. weird things that require people to be in the same area or or in an office where half your office went to Michigan, half the office went to Michigan State and that there, there's bragging rights for a whole year. Like we can talk about what has been so important and specific to college football. But all of these other moves, West Virginia being in the Big 12, all these things have happened and people continue to watch and people continue to consume. Remember all the hand wringing exactly a year ago about NIL? Ratings were great. People watched. People will still watch college football. So you are continually moving and moving and moving towards an AFC and an NFC model where, you know, it's 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 a collection of schools that play each other and there's a like a champion comes out of them. But it's not the same as like a regional league right. a conference a, a division even because in you know the, what, even in the even in the nfl you don't go from la to new york in the same division so it would right. be a little different we need vanini on here we need chris vanini on here because i just figured out what this is this is pro wrestling this is well this is so vince you, mcmahon consolidating all the regional shows into one big show okay does this mean i don't know enough about wrestling you can ask chris when you have him on does this mean that we get to predetermine the outcomes to the games? I mean, if you read Twitter, they're already predetermined. 
the well, SECs, the SEC refs are, are rigged against somebody. Uh, Florida State has always believed the ACC refs are against them. Uh, who in the Big Ten is convinced the refs? Uh, pretty much everybody. Um, hmm. I mean, let's see. We had the faking injuries debacle um, feud last year. I guess it would be anyone that's not Michigan or Ohio State because the league would obviously be having all the calls go their way, I would think. And in the Pac-12, so this, an executive actually did press the Buffalo Wild Wings button in a Pac-12 game. Like, no, you're not calling targeting here. I So I think I think we could, we could say that. Um, I think that... No, but I, I, I think in general, like... What's happening now is consolidation. You just said that word. And I, I think that's the best way to think about this. That's why when you say like it's not good for college football as a whole or or like regional balance or all these things that, it, you know, it's becoming more professionalized. It's becoming more sterile or or like, you know, these two entities are going to end up looking a lot like each other. Right. Like they're not going to have like these distinct characters that different leagues have right now or had 20 years ago. Like all of that is very true. But. I almost am like we, we should have seen this coming, like the the real the mega consolidation. Like we've always talked about this idea of these super conferences, but like every move that has been made in recent years was about individual institutions or individual programs looking out for themselves and doing what is best for them. And that's what happened here. That's how you lose flagship programs in these conferences is them saying, I believe there's more stability and financial support in these other leagues and we're going to go. And then that creates more people making that decision over and over and over again. And that's how we get to this place. Yep. And it's interesting how things change because when this was all going on 10, 12 years ago, different schools had different priorities. Yep. And, and I'll give you an example. We've mentioned North Carolina. If North Carolina were not bound by the ACC's grant of rights, it would probably already be in either the Big Ten or the SEC. It is, it is the school that both of those would covet. And so Holden Thorpe went on the OG show with Joe Ovius and Joe Giglio and, and, and Raleigh on WRAL. He was the chancellor of North Carolina at the time all that was going on. He said something very interesting. You had to think about this at one point in time, and that's, that's what I was curious about in terms of the, yeah, go back to the part about you talk to the SEC. Look, Carolina's a good, uh, a good partner to have. So I certainly didn't have any, um, you know, official conversations with, the commissioner or anything like that but you know some of those presidents were good friends of mine and yeah you know presidents get together and talk about stuff and yes we we uh I, i'm i'm pretty sure we could have gone to the sec if we'd wanted to I'm just curious yeah. Gilio's foia spidey senses just started tingling okay well okay. yeah he can he can see what he can find but i, I doubt there's much there <laughs> holden thorpe joining us yeah, here on the I og feel- I feel okay saying Carolina could have gone to the SEC if we wanted to, yes. Holden, give me a second here. At the time, right, John Swafford, Carolina guy, ACC commissioner. Jim Delaney, Carolina guy, Big Ten commissioner. John Skipper, Carolina guy, ESPN head honcho. You're telling me you were going to tell all of them potentially that Carolina was going to say no to all of those Carolina guys? And go to the SEC. <laughs> well, we didn't do it, but <laughs> we thought about it. We thought about lots of things. Then Texas and Oklahoma State, and we just didn't do any of them. That's fascinating to me. So the AC, the SEC at the time was also going after Texas A and M. So there, there's your your answer. It would have been A and M and North Carolina had that had A and M 
said yes in 2010 and North Carolina been willing to say yes instead of A&M and Missouri coming on, you know, deciding in 2011 to come in in 2012. Wow. I mean, but that's how it happens. It's also a good reminder of uh, when people, it's the same thing with head coaching jobs, right? Like we got our guy, like we only offered the job to one person because you only offer something you know is going to be accepted. So uh, it's just another tip is you see things floating around on Twitter. If people are talking about like, oh, they applied or put in, you know, a request or whatever, and they don't know if it's going to be accepted, that that's not that's not mm. how this works. Like, not, they're, they're, there's nothing official until you know what the answer is. You're be. not going to officially apply, formally apply, do all those steps unless the <clears throat> let's let's recap last week. Unless the Big Ten's already got a meeting scheduled with the presidents and chancellors to approve you. That's how this stuff works. So just another reminder that a lot of this stuff is um is not foilable, not searchable, and is conversations until it's basically done. And and I think like sometimes we're like, wow, you know, the USC UCLA thing happened really quick. It didn't happen quick. I mean it did. It was like over a period of months. But it just broke late. And so you get to these points of having informal conversations, put feelers out, do all these things, and then it accelerates at the finish line. So it's just like, it's fascinating to hear that, hear that put out. Cause just thinking about the last 10 years of college sports realignment and just sort of what that would have meant. But I, you know, this is, this is where we go. You end up with kind of strange bed feather bed. Uh, what's the word up bed, bed fellows fellows. Yeah. Um, and then you also have other situations where like, because of realignment for other reasons and priorities a decade ago, Rutgers and Maryland are in a great position as we head into this, where we're seeing that stratification in a lot of these other conferences where the the top of the schools are the ones we're talking about. Everyone's coveting them. Everyone wants them. They have enough brands. But if you're any school in the SEC or the Big Ten right now, you're also sitting really pretty. So it's like because of decisions that were made X amount of years ago, you have people in very different financial places. And, and Holden Thorpe is an interesting one because at the time – North Carolina's attitude was, we just got this league together in the ACC. We just got it where we wanted it. Let's figure out how to keep this thing together. And so that's why the, the, when they lost Maryland to the Big Ten, they, they all freaked out. The, the schools of the ACC freaked out, and they wanted nothing but security. Now, like I remember Florida State had a, uh, a, trust, uh, a regent excuse me, who shot off at the mouth and said, hey, we, we, we could be in the Big 12 tomorrow. But Eric Barron, who was the president at Florida State at the time, wanted nothing, no part of that. He wanted no part of moving. He wanted to be in the ACC. And so a lot of those presidents got together and they decided to do this grant of rights deal in 2013. They extended it again in 2016. They wanted stability and security and they were willing to sacrifice money for that. They just didn't understand how much money they were actually sacrificing. It's really fascinating because that uh, so much was tied to this deal that ESPN and the ACC made in 2016 that I don't know. And again, the world has changed quite a bit in, in the six years since. But I don't know that that got enough scrutiny at the time that it was locking into a really long term deal that essentially depreciates in value. And again, I mean, you, you sign away your rights for a really long period of time makes it really, really difficult to be nimble. And again, I, I don't know that you're anticipating you're going to get to, a, you know, the, this mega conference era or, or again, that you're going to be looking at projections where SEC and Big Ten schools are making like $40 million per year more than schools in these other leagues. Like, I don't know if you see that, 
But it just you look back on this and hindsight is twenty twenty, and just there there's so much tied to that deal that we're seeing the repercussions of now. You're seeing a lot of people killing John Swafford for it. And yeah, he probably should have advised them, hey guys, you are you sure you want to lock in this long? Do do you do you understand that another bite at the apple might get you more money down the road? But they wanted this. The schools wanted. That's why I'm not as sympathetic toward the ACC schools when they say, "Well, we, you know, we." And you and I talk to people who are like, yeah, "We got to get out of this thing. We we, we got to figure a way out." Your leaders wanted this, and they got what they wanted. So that's that's your problem. Now, I will say though, a piece of that was having your own cable network. Which it's funny how things change. Ten years ago, that was the most prestigious thing you could have. And now it's like, eh, you could have it or not. It's it's not a big deal. Well, or and, now the Pac-12, you know, could be on the ACC network. <laughs> well, and, and that's that's what I'm saying. That that's what I'm I'm getting to because if you're the the ACC schools, you're like, whoa, whoa we got to share our network, the Pac-12 now. What is this? This is not what the what we were sold. We'll be right back after these words. Andy, are there what what are the, of the outcomes that the Pac-12 could have? here okay what there's what, what would you do i think i actually think they're in the worst position because they've got to get oregon and washington to agree to something long term when if you're oregon and washington unless the big 10 explicitly tells you no no the answer is no and the answer will be never you don't want to do anything long term which the big Ten's not going to say that it's never no, they're it, not. It, there, there are reasons that it was only two schools in this yeah. wave, right? And it's fine, but that's absolutely not a never. I mean, Oregon and Washington are valuable properties. They are. And so here, this is, this is I think, is your problem if you're the Pac-12. Because they're, they're yours and they belong to you, or you think they belong to you, you're going to say, okay, guys, we 10 must decide to lock in long-term for the next eight, nine, 10 years, and we, we got to sign it in blood. I can't imagine the Pac-12 saying to Oregon and Washington, listen, you can, you can pitch in with us, but if the Big Ten calls, we're cool with you leaving. Like, I can't imagine the Pac-12 saying that. However, if I were the Big 12, that is precisely what I would say. Oregon and Washington, come on. We will put a clause in our TV contract, and if we have a grant of rights in our grant of rights that says, just just like when a coach has a, an out clause for his alma mater, if they call the Big Ten of the SEC, you can leave. So, okay, so let's walk through that. So the, the Big 12 is doing that in order to get the Arizona schools, Utah and Colorado, and essentially Because if they off. get Oregon and Washington, they'll get all of them. Yes, and essentially you survive the battle of like which league survives, right? right. Like you survive and the Pac-12 You live to doesn't. fight another day. You live to fight another day. It's obviously short term. Right. But you're just it's it's about a short term decision. What is the Big 12 if not short term? The Big they 12 have, is the Big 12 is all the Big 12 is 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 the the Southwest Conference and the Big 8 shacking up. That's what it is. And then it and then it became Something different as they added some more schools and lost some schools. But change has been constant throughout the history of that league. What do they care? 
I, I think that's a fair point. I mean, I, I think that Big 12, and, and I don't mean this in negative because it's there, there's benefits to this, but it's like a, almost a strength in numbers thing. Yes, and, like and they, that's the thing. They added for I, the sake of adding last year. They got, you know, obviously the best schools from the American and BYU, but like that was, that's a numbers game that they were playing. Right. But if you get Oregon and Washington, that's your bait. And also, I'm not even sure you need Oregon and Washington to bait those other ones because the the longer it takes for the Pac-12 to solidify, the more nervous you get if you're Utah, Colorado, the Arizona schools, Cal, Stanford, and you start wondering, wait, can we just get some security? Well, right now, if you are the Arizona schools, Utah, and Colorado, you are obviously exploring your options. It's nice to feel wanted. All of those things are good. But Oregon and Washington are in the Pac-12, Pac-10, whatever we're going to call it. Yeah. That's more valuable than the biggest brands in the Big 12. So I think your scenario is right, right? Where if you stay with them and you can... They're like, fine. And, and maybe yeah. you take some Big 12 schools. But if the option is the Big 12 without Oregon and Washington, do you go? No. Oh, oh, if without not like if you're Arizona, Arizona schools, Utah, Colorado, that four, that four. Well, here, here's what you do. You decide if you'll ever be together with Oregon, Washington in the Pac-10 or whatever. For long for the long term beyond three months from now or six months. From but now, if, it, but if you think their eyes are wandering. You just leave. Like I'm not casting in with them unless in the in the Pac-12 unless they want to guarantee me something. But I would go to the Big 12 where there is some solid base there with Oklahoma State and Baylor and Texas Tech. And I think I think the additions are actually in the future pretty good partners to have. I agree. So I would feel more comfortable with them, to be honest, unless I knew I had a long-term commitment from, from Oregon and Washington. I, now, I think that's how I, I see it. That's how I see I, it, too. I wouldn't care about a long-term commitment from Oregon Washington in the Big 12 because I have the other schools there. You just think that's better than nothing. I do, because what, well, what is the option in the Pac-12? Let's say that they, they coalesce around what they have now. Oregon and Washington say, we're in for now. They add San Diego State. Boise. Maybe. Maybe. UNLV, maybe. Something like that. I and then Oregon and Washington leave. And then what do you have? Now I guess the Big Twelve just takes you at that point. Right. It's sort of wonder it's a, it, a lot of these questions are like, are there expiration dates on offers or interest? Yeah. Yeah, because I, I I just I look into the future and if if the Big Twelve could go to eighteen with Oregon, Utah, I'm sorry, Oregon, Washington, Utah, Colorado, Arizona State, Arizona. And they lose Oregon and Washington at some point down the road. That's still a hell of a fun league to watch. Yeah. And and I think probably the third strongest league, probably because some something has happened in the ACC. And I, I, I actually think that league, that 18 together, I don't, do they get more per school in the ACC? They definitely get at least as much, but maybe more. Uh, yeah, you'd have to you'd have to do the math out because again, the ACC was projected to get leapfrogged even by 
these leagues, right? Well, and the current Big 12 deal is better than the ACC's deal, but that was signed when when Oklahoma and Texas yes. were in the league. So again, that one and that one's the next up after the Pac-12. So so we wouldn't know. But I I think the depth in that league would certainly be would put that league above. If we're talking about like an expanded playoff somewhere down the road, I mean that league gets more teams in. It's also a ton of decent inventory. Like we were looking at ESPN like this this play for the ACC and the Pac-12 for ESPN is a cheap inventory play. Like they they got stuff to fill. They got slots to fill. You could get a lot of inventory in that Big 12 that people would enjoy watching. I'm not even sure people know they'd want to watch that yet, but they I, would enjoy I, it. I've got another thought here. At some point in these conversations anywhere, can you just can people just start making decisions for football alone? Because I feel like some of the issues that have popped up with these leagues, especially, you know, the USC UCLA move mm-hmm. is the idea of soccer playing on a Tuesday night across the country right. for a league game. Why not get rid of that pretense? Don't like these don't need to be full yeah. members. Well, exactly. And they also also you could you could have a West Coast soccer league that they could right. play in. Yeah, you know? well, like all that stuff can be more regional or in, in different setups. I mean, we already have sports like people, you know, we're talking about like beach volleyball, right? Like, yeah. you know, those schools are still going to play in the Pac-12 for beach volleyball or whatever, you know, West Coast League. But it, it's just like if we're already getting to this point where we're talking about like two essentially national leagues that would have their champions play each other like this NFL model, really just separate football out from it. Sure. Sure, and that that solves like the Big Twelve at that point because it would be the truly national conference. I mean, it would just go coast to coast, sea to shining sea, northeast, northwest to southeast yeah. to yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. But, like, I I just think that's a major part that people are very uncomfortable with, and also like really stresses the idea of a student athlete, right? Like we don't use right. those terms. I I specifically have not used those terms in many, many years, but like, that's where the issues are. I think that changes if we just talk about football scheduling in this way and one game a week, very different. Yeah, yeah exactly. You only have five, six road games. You're and on they a already, And they already go around the country. Yeah. They're and already when, once, once you're on a charter jet, you're on a charter jet. If you're on a charter jet for an extra hour or, or, or 90 minutes, it's, it's really not that different. So, yeah, that, I, I'm with you on that. And I think that's doable. I think that's all doable down the road. You know, we, we've talked about football getting split off into its own entity where it's governed just as football. I think that's logical and, and is going to happen at some yep. point. And then they can figure out what, what to do with the other sports. But, yeah, I am fascinated to see what happens with the Big 12 and the Pac-12 because the more I think about it, the more the Pac-12 situation feels very precarious because unless you find a way for Oregon and Washington to guarantee they're going to be there, then I don't know what you can do. The Big 12 doesn't have to get them to guarantee anything. And they might be able to take the rest of the Pac-12 or at least what they want from the Pac-12 just by giving just by giving them the out. Because right. that may be the thing that, that Oregon and Washington seek right now. I think that's a really good point and, and a smart way to think about it. And I think if you're the Arizona schools, Colorado, Utah, places that might have a landing spot, might have options, I think you need to game all that out because you can try to 
get a sense of where Oregon and Washington are. But I think you also know at this point, any of the schools that are not in the Big Ten or the SEC, if they get a phone call from the Big Ten or the SEC, they're going. So I don't think you could ever, you're not going to bank on them staying in a league, especially in your scenario here. If like what, what is being asked contractually, we're, we're literally talking about how can people get out of a, a, a very solid contract grant yes. of rights in the ACC that's supposed to go for another 14 years. I mean, so like you, you're going to need to be thinking almost assuming the worst out of everybody that you're dealing with, right? Because you got to do what's <laughs> yeah. best for you and not believe that someone's going to do this. We've just seen so many people do that, right? Like, like, you know, the, the public commitment is to a conference or again, they, they've been working on things for the m- months without, you know, and, and then it comes to light. Like you just cannot assume that other people saying that they're committed to a league today is going to hold tomorrow is going to hold, you know, a year from now. So I just think you've got to assume that stuff when you're looking at that. And maybe that does mean you jump without certain parameters or without certain partners, because you think that steps you know, ABCD are going to happen and they haven't happened yet. Well, here's another game it out question for you. Who's going to care about football longer or better, better phrase it better. Who's going to stop caring about football first? Cal and Stanford or Oklahoma state and Baylor. Well, that's a whole different conversation because the future of college sports is a different well, I'm talking about deal. the future of the sport of football. Right. Because that that that's something that is sort of on the horizon that everybody and and that's why they're grabbing this cash as quick as they can. Yeah. No, because it is a, a question point. that that needs to be asked. And so I I don't want football to go anywhere. I think football is a wonderful game, it teaches people all kinds of of great things and it's fun to watch. But I know there's a lot of people who don't feel the same way I feel. And I'd say demographically, the people who feel differently than me are more apt to go to Cal and Stanford than they are to Oklahoma State and and Baylor. I think that's a fair point. I'll also say, again, these are just like trying to think of things that help keep me sane during whatever silly season this is. People want to be the aggressor. People want to be the one moving. People Mm -hmm. want to be the ones wanted. They don't want to be the last one on a sinking ship. They don't want to be looking around and everybody else has other opportunities. So again, I I think, you know, if if you're in an Arizona school, you're Colorado, Utah, you're all these places, you want your options. You want everything on the table. But I think you have to think about that. And this is why, you know, the, the Big 12 is being smart about trying to be an aggressor. You want to be causing something to happen and you want to be jumping and you don't want to be stranded with, with people that you don't think are going to bring value or going to be wanted. And so again, I just sort of think about this as we think, you know, some, like some of the moves in in a decade ago or however many years ago, it's like, Oh wow. They were just, you know, they were, they were nervous or they were uncertain and they just, they, they jumped, they wanted to jump before being left. Well, it's it's interesting. you, You say that, think about the ACC, the ACC was always, the aggressor until it wasn't until suddenly it was in a completely defensive mode. You know what the ACC is? It's in 300 when they, when they do the shell with their shields 
That's yeah. where they are right now. That is where they are. And it's like the the grant of rights is just like all the shields. It's like written yeah. out on the tops of yeah. the shields. But but also like uh, so, so I'll even tell you this. The Big Ten just made the big splash move, right? Like we are we are a week a week out from that. Yep. And I'm already talking to people in that league who are like, you know, we we can't just, you know, be satisfied with this. Like we <laughs> we 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 want to stay, you know, we can't let someone else do something that we don't know is happening or like that that is going to, you know, take away a potential school that we're interested in. Like we we can't we have to be proactive and also defensive and also like all these all these buzzwords, right? Yeah. But it's it's the same concept because they just made something happen that that seismic, you know, sent shockwaves through the sport. But even they're worried that what if the SEC gets some of the targets that are on their next wave and their next list of targets, right? Like, so it's it's that's part of this. I want to say game. It's not a game. Obviously, there's there's really high it's, stakes it's, here. It's it's the Game of Thrones. I mean, that's it, 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 that's what it is. If if we're comparing it to a, a fictional game, it's that game. You, you win yeah. or you go broke. So I mean, that's that's what it is. Nicole, I'm going to say what I say when we end these podcasts during realignment times. I hope that nothing happens between now and the morning that makes all of this wrong. I really worry that that's going to be a jinx one of these times, if not right now. But uh, yes, I that's how I've been ending a lot of my interviews. I'm like, this holds for exactly as I feel it right this second. But everything could change. This stuff changes really quickly. Uh, but again, be sure to be following Swim Swam News for all of your college football realignment. <laughs> and the AC, the I'm sorry, the SEC is going to be absolutely stacked in the pool. That's all we need to know. There was a lot of swimming analysis in that post, by the way, if you read all the way through. There was a lot about like Virginia women swimming, which is pretty dominant. I'll just say. My eyes might have glazed over at that point. It might have been the chlorine. I don't know. But we'll, we'll see. Nicole, it's been a pleasure. You have a book club to host. Can't wait. I do. I'll talk to you soon. We'll talk to you on Monday.